Hi, and welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture fan outrage, and an attempt to understand how delicious my dinner is, also oh. MLS. I want to understand that experientially. Oh, man. Shanghai noodles. Woo, boy. My wife is the bomb cook. Anyway, um, I just read the email where the guy was telling us that we needed to do a better job introducing ourselves. So we're your hosts from Mornings on 1077 The End. I'm Gregor. And he's been in the locker room and making faces pitch side while doing social media for (laughs) Kelvin Leardom. He's Brandon from the internet. I I did not get yelled at this time. That's because you could be on the sideline being like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, things are going great, man. Your face in that picture, like I told you this online already, but it definitely looks like you're like ah oh, soup again. <laughs> See, I I'm I'm glad that that's the what you took from it because for me, when I look at it, I'm like that's also the ma- the face I make when pooping. That's my pooping face. <laughs> that's my poop face. The poop face, Brandon. <laughs> Take on uh, the no. uh, as I've been known since high school. <laughs> uh, I had an ex girlfriend that told me that when I walk in the rain, it looks like someone farted by me. The face I make is like, mm. so maybe that's the same face. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I was, you know, you you just get focused. You ever do that thing when you're like writing something and you're very intent, and uh, and then you stop for a second and realize that your tongue's halfway out your face and you're you're just making yeah, just it's very called strange. drummer face. Yeah, I, I yeah, know what you're yeah about. drummer face. Yeah. yeah. So, Brandon, here's the deal is that I know you'll be a good dad someday because the look of disgust with your own life in that picture is like perfectly <laughs> sums up being a dad where you're like, <laughs> but you just keep going anyway. You know what I mean? I was just embodying midlife crisis. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> this week, the Seattle Defiance FC take on the it's called a trapezoid NYCFC Yankees in a battle for the frequent flyer mile cup. I think we might be winning. I don't know. I think uh, I think that if out of all of the teams in the league right now, it seems like the Sounders are on the road the most. I don't get how. How do you end up with? I don't. I don't we talked about this. I don't want. To. So here's the deal, Brandon. I just got back from New Mexico. It's like the old Mexico, only newer. Yeah. And uh, America. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, all the things you'd assume about New Mexico are probably true, unless you're like, unless the jokes are like ride your horse and teepees and stuff like that. That that's racist. But. Um, all the other things about New Mexico are probably true, whatever you I think feel, of it. I feel like what I assume about New Mexico, I feel like your your boys, New Mexico United, are changing the reputation because I was somebody who didn't know anything about New Mexico except for there's a debate about red chili and green chili. And, and uh, which, by the way, the which answer. side are you on? No, it's Christmas. That's the answer. Obviously. Oh, <laughs> just mix them together. Yeah, you get half and half. They like do yeah, half the I burrito like and green and half the burrito and red, and it's incredible. Oh, you don't mix the salsas together, though, or the chili. I mean, you could. I'm not, oh. st- I'm not stopping you. <laughs> well, but I feel like your uh, New Mexico United guys are changing because outside of the, the chili debate, um, the only thing I really know about them is that they have like a cool art house called Meow Wolf. And uh, to me, that's That's their sponsor. Yeah, that's their sponsor. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's like a ton of like racism against like Native American people and Mexican people. and Sure. And so like not as lot. cool as I thought. Yeah, it's like... Um, Artier Arizona. Okay. I guess. Uh, they don't have a Phoenix, which makes Arizona awful. Arizona is the um, is the Florida of the West. 
That's one hundred percent true. Just like whenever something happens, you're like mm, Arizona. You'll see as as you pay attention from here on out. That's like definitely the case. So I want to know if there's a desert sounders uh, equivalent of tropic sounders. <laughs> I'm sure there is because of, well, at least in Arizona, because of them spending the preseason there. There's oh gotta yeah, be something. Tucson. Maybe a tropic sounder will know that. Chime in. Do you all know each other? <laughs> anyway, the so Florida, I, Florida West. I went to see my father in New Mexico, and he uh, doesn't drive anymore because he's old AF. And um, he was like, "Gonna give me his car," and I almost made this call to be like, "Not coming into work for the next three days. Gonna drive from New Mexico to Seattle, bring my camera, and take a hell a buttload of pictures." What changed your mind? I have a kid. I had an interview today. Right, I, I had right, like right. responsibilities that kind of make it not the smartest move. <laughs> uh, my wife would probably be like, well, I mean, she would definitely say yes. But anyway, um, driving across the west of our country, like the western part of the country, sounds awesome, though. Like, have you been to Montana? Uh, I have been to Montana. It's and, awesome. And it's like, how about Wyoming? I have been to Wyoming and uh, doing almost what you were doing. I was driving from Denver to Seattle. Yeah. And uh, Wyoming was not my favorite. But well, Wyoming has Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, I didn't drive through that part of it. Well, that was a big mistake. I drove through the rest of Wyoming. <laughs> Imagine Which, like back in the day, like when teams would play each other, there's no way you could have an MLS in like 1909, right? Because like for Seattle to play New York, they would have had to like leave like last week. <laughs> They'd have to play uh, like all of the teams along the way to New York as well. They'd be playing uh, Whitefish Montana FC. <laughs> <laughs> Also known as Minnesota United FC. <laughs> it's just crazy to think that, like, well, I guess at some point you would have just had, like, the Western Conference. It would have really meant something because you would only play the teams on the West. And then you'd have the, you know, Super Bowl of MLS and actually make the drive out or maybe take, you know, novelty plane or something like that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it just—it sounds like I've, I'm glad you've done it before. This caught me off guard. I didn't know what to expect oh, because yeah. I like—I'm sure it's gorgeous. It is pretty cool. Uh, if I wasn't fighting with my then or my now ex-girlfriend the whole time, it probably would have been enjoyable. What a bitch! <laughs> God, I hate that lady. <laughs> She's actually very nice. Congratulations on getting married. I don't feel that way at all. Also, thanks for listening. No, she's not listening. <laughs> I'm I'm loyal to a fault. I hate someone I don't know for forever. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, I, we should get to the point here because it was a pretty amazing feat that Seattle pulled off on the weekend. They beat a really bad team with a bunch of children. <laughs> we showed no children mercy. No, I mean, like, we put our own children up. Uh, even yeah, Justin yeah. Dillon, who you told me is 24, I don't believe that. I think he, I'm just assuming he's, like, 18. He is a tall, handsome man, and I did not learn that until I was on the sideline at the match. I, did, I don't know anything about him at all, except for what you told me literally last week. I had never seen a picture of him or anything. And the first time I saw him, I was like, wait, is he black? <laughs> he does. He's a very tan boy. Yeah, he is not. It's just he has very tan calves. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I was like, I was really confused then for like 10 minutes because I was like, looks like Will Bruin's out there. But is Will Bruin black? <laughs> so anyway, I, 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 you know, I typically can, as an adult, tell the difference between people's basic races. But just in that minute, I was like that guy from New Mexico being like, meh. He he looked good. You you the joke was Seattle Defiance FC, and it seems pretty accurate. The Sounders rolled out like a 16 year old playing in the in the midfield next to Gustav Svensson, who 
uh, let's when when Daniel Leva was born or Danny Leva was born, Gustav Svensson was 16 years old. Is that true? Yeah, Gustav Svensson turned 16 like three months before Danny Leva was born, and they started in the midfield together against a team in the Professional Soccer League in America. Think how much IKEA he's put together since then. <laughs> that, that's, he's so many Swedish fish. That's what happens, right? Driving his Volvo, putting together IKEA. Yeah, I think that when the baby comes out, the parents actually have to assemble it <laughs> with an Allen wrench. <laughs> oh man, it came with extra wooden pieces. This is weird. <laughs> that must be a girl. <laughs> well, uh, gross. Um, so the Sounders roll out this like hodgepodge of a lineup, and end uh, up, I'm calling them the Young Boys. The Young Boys. Uh, they 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 played. Pretty well. You would. I. I Dude, like. Danny Leva looks like he's been playing professional football for twenty six years. It was crazy. He's he, like a full on Ozzy Alonso with bad posture. It was like crazy, <laughs> with teenage posture, I should say, because my nineteen year old nephew has the same exact posture. If he if he had if he weighed like twenty more pounds, that guy would have not looked any more out of place than anybody else on the pitch. Hey, true or false? Uh, in Tucson this year, Danny Leva took an elbow to the face from some guy who maybe or maybe doesn't play for Houston. Oh yeah, that's true. I do remember that. I think that made him a man. That <laughs> that that is how you uh, get your man uh, your manhood in in America in 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 uh, IKEA it has to be a, or in, in IKEA in Sweden same thing in my mind <laughs> yeah i mean it's just one big IKEA for sure every IKEA is a swedish embassy <laughs> they have to assemble it but in america you have to take an elbow to the face and he did that he did that and he did it great good job danny for the face elbow so uh he took yeah like you said he 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 did not look out of place and statistically if you look at it he did great 80 completed 87% of his passes there were he out of like 47 attempts so i don't do math but that seems like pretty good and uh on the team he had the most interceptions and for a midfielder that's kind of your job he had four interceptions he had one key pass he went full uh, he tom brady had, he went full tom brady he had a uh he had his debut goal Oh, man, he had a debut goal that was a real boot to the corner. I mean, it couldn't have been any more professional looking, watching everyone try to jump to get the watch it just sail right over their heads into the top corner. It was a thing of beauty. That was like, uh, it was an insane, like everybody, everybody could not stop talking about how it wasn't just like, oh, cool, he chipped the the keeper. It was like he had the balls to turn and shoot from 30 yards out and not just chip the keeper, but put it in the furthest furthest top corner that you could put it in with three different defenders jumping to try to to try to get to it like yeah back post top corner right over the head goal, goal of the week candidate now you said no one could stop talking about it that hap- sadly included pro though also the referees definitely wanted to talk about it and look it over like a million times and boy did he get rubbed Welcome to MLS, kid. Now we're going to dick you over with pro referees. Also, if you'd like to play for any of the women's national teams in the World Cup, if they would allow, if you can remove your IKEA peg, you could certainly <laughs> understand what it's like to be robbed by the refereeing association. Uh, that's it, That sucks so bad because the lead up to the play, he uh, Danny Leva could have done nothing wrong. Justin Dillon was judged to have stepped on the goalkeeper's foot uh, in his follow through and in a uh, what the referee and in, in post match ended up saying was a careless manner, um, which if that was a careless manner, I would like to see what Justin Dillon walks like. Um, well, obviously, he's supposed to levitate, bro. <laughs> 
uh, he <laughs> never mind. I was going to say something bad. Um, I mean, at that point, he might as well have kicked the keeper right in the dick. Like he might as well have just gone full IKEA on him and just like <laughs> hoped he packed an extra peg. Because of the same result, there's nothing he could have done. There's nowhere he else he could have put his foot. I, it sucks because I'm like watching the MLSSoccer.com uh, instant replay video series that they do, and those guys were like, "Well, yeah, it's definitely a foul. They'd call that anywhere else on the field." And so, definitely a foul. Although it sucks, it's right to have removed uh, the goal. And I, I a hundred percent disagree. And I don't think it's just because of the like narrative that I wanted a 16 year old kid to score a Galazzo on his debut. Uh, I think it's because it was a bullshit call. You know what term I hate? What's that? Galazzo. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of white guys saying Galazzo all the time. What's next? I'm going to buy myself an Alex Morgan pink headband and be like, no, no, I represent. <laughs> cool, also, Greg. Also, Thanks, man. Also, I do want to do that for the record. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'll shut up now. D- debut goal and uh no no i'm i'd say galazzo all you want bro that's uh it's your choice i just i uh, think it's funny that it like it uh anyway we've what do you call that when you when you take something from someone else appropriate yeah, yeah yeah there we go i mean i do it all the time like don't get me wrong i like have said terrible things in this episode so <laughs> that's, that's i don't mean to put you on blast that was not the goal of that i'm sorry i apologize i apologize a formal apology on the pod here for you anyway we can only be racist to swedish people <laughs> So a debut goal and a debut uh, theft by the professional referees organization here. Uh, that that referee, everyone seems to really like and say he's got like a ton of credibility and everything. So it's hard to, I don't know, like you still want to see him. I feel like I you think, still want to see him out, out, out there calling the games. Yeah, the referee was Alan Kelly. I think part of it is, um, you know, the goalkeeper goes down. Most of the time, the, the referee is going to stop the play as soon as the goalkeeper appears to be injured um and alan kelly didn't do that and so i think part of him was just kind of covering his ass when he went to var uh but i don't know i i he he probably should if he thought there was a true injury there he probably should have stopped the play before uh leva ever had the opportunity to shoot uh but he didn't then goes to var tries to cover himself, ends up just making a big mess out of the whole thing. Agree or disagree that this is the exact reason why nobody wanted replays in professional sports? This is this is the whole problem I've got with that. I mean, this whole, the, the, the U.S. Women's National Team game that was today, the uh, then this call, it's like none of these fouls, there were two VAR incidents in the Women's National Team uh, game today. One was an offside that England got called on that definitely was not close enough to have needed a replay. Like that could have been within human error. Uh, and then the other one was a was a penalty kick, which I agree with. Actually, was a penalty kick, but but again, close enough that it probably shouldn't have even been reviewed in the first place. This is the thing: is like I get clear and obvious. I don't think that this was a clear or obvious error. Uh, on Alan Kelly's part during the match, so I don't think it should have ever been reviewed in the first place. Um, what's the but, what's Dylan supposed to do? Just not plant, put his left foot down, just like right crumble the over on the ground? Yeah, the goalkeeper Zach McMath is coming out and and making that play no matter what and sliding into Dylan. It's it's a it's, if if a player. This is what I kept saying on the field is that if if this had happened in midfield, um, the play would continue because it was a 50-50 ball. One of the players won the challenge, the other one didn't. Like Dylan actually shot the ball. He got to the ball before the goalkeeper. Therefore, it's like 
that is Dylan's possession, right? That's Justin Dylan's possession. Yeah, he didn't he come over it. the top of the ball. He didn't do any. Like there was no. no foul play there. No, and that's the that was just that's why I'm, I I think that they should have never been reviewed in the first place. It wasn't a foul. Um, and even if you do consider it a foul, it wasn't clear or obvious enough to have gone to review uh, and overturn it and take literally taking a goal from a child. <laughs> uh, I would I would I will say that like uh, after the first half, me and one of the Sounders staff members were talking about how uh, the atmosphere in CenturyLink for some reason maybe it was the result of having not played at home for a freaking three years or whatever it's been since the last <laughs> home match. Um, but we were like, the atmosphere is pretty lacking. Like it, it just feels a little different. It feels a little dull. Like don't know what's going on. As soon as that play happened, the entire mood in the place changed. I have never heard the stadium boo somebody louder than I did that every time Zach McMath touched the ball after that. Deserved. Okay. Um, we talked about Justin Dillon a little bit there. How about uh, Orcasio Cortez out there? <laughs> Alfonso Campo Chavez makes his MLS debut. Too late, He's, dude. I, think... I can only remember one AOC. All right, and barely. <laughs> yeah. I I tried my best on that. He's another ch- literal child who's playing for the Sounders. Uh, Seventeen years old, makes his MLS debut. Uh, earns a couple fouls in some dangerous spots when the Sounders were pushing for to replace the goal that was taken away from them. Has summer school uh, tomorrow. <laughs> is getting paid better than I did for any summer job I ever did or most of your early jobs <laughs> like working with me <laughs> he literally yeah you know I looked at that I looked at that uh the players union salary chart definitely making more than I made yeah I mean he's the $55,000 man now right he is <laughs> uh so him him and Leva both making the league minimum which is uh the Brandon maximum. What would you have done if you made $55,000 as a 16-year-old besides drugs? <laughs> yeah, nope, that that basically covers it all. <laughs> Man, I got so much weed. It is crazy and surge. <laughs> I and and along with weed and surge comes the blue sharks that I would always buy from the gas station. Oh man. Remember, the, remember the, when you would get the um fruit snacks and there'd be the white ones in there that were like crazy, like full of flavor oh, yeah. and a different texture? Yeah, I feel like that was always like the we screwed something up at the candy factory and it ended up in all of these bags, but now it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> It's like white is all of the like 100% all, all spectrum like cornstarch it's like 100% cornstarch <laughs> and they're like wow this texture is weird but I it is delicious. Uh anyway so uh Alfonso Campo uh Chavez whatever I can't remember if it which at this point which I think one you just call Alexand- him I'm going to just call him congressman from now on. <laughs> the congressman the congressman Alfonso the congressman uh, from is, Tacoma is making $55,000 and getting high for the Seattle Sounders. I wait that high part is just us saying that that's not true. Um, yeah, that's no, not true. no slander here but I, I would actually like to see the other AOC making $55,000 and all of those idiots to see what they would do if they had to make like starting MLS soccer player money to run the country <laughs> you know they would take bribes um and then one more guy that uh huge As praise they're not from Kelvin Leardom post-match for Henry Wingo another one of these he's a little bit older right yeah Henry Wingo still part uh, of the young boys for sure but He's definitely a young boy. He's definitely um, like graduated from UW a couple of years ago. So I th- he's probably like 24, 25. He's 23. So um, okay. I just looked it up on the internet. I'm going to say 25 so, is the... It, when you turn 25, you have to leave the young boys. You're a middle boy? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Henry Wingo is still a young boy, and um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Moving I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought Henry Wingo had. Uh, I don't know. I, this is my perception was that he had an excellent game and and was a game changer in the in the final third. But right, I want to know as somebody who watched it, it. I think all you of these it on, kids. Oh, for sure. But uh, Henry Wingo is a guy who's been like slotting in. Um, randomly when players have been unavailable and so I don't think he's seen a lot of consistency I think yet on Saturday was the first time I watched him play that like I was like holy this kid can play and so I I don't know if it was just me on the field like that I was impressed just because of the proximity or if it was because like when you were watching what did it like did did he blow you away the way that that he blew me away I I thought that he had a better game than I would anticipate. Like, I didn't expect for him to, like, when you hear that he gets named in the squad and he's there with Kelvin Lurdon, like, I don't expect that to be, you know, his best game of the season. I haven't really seen on the field, I haven't seen Lurdon show much leadership. Usually he's just kind of his, like, own enigma a little bit. But he had a baller game, and I think because of that, you know, he even admitted, like, yeah, he makes some mistakes or whatever, but that's how you got to learn. He was out there busting his ass the whole time. I think that it's good to see all of these guys kind of getting their opportunity and not messing around, except for the seasoned veteran Danny Leva, who looks like he like was born on a soccer pitch. Like, but everyone else like took this seriously and stepped up, and you didn't see the nerves get in the way. And Wingo's yeah. had some minutes, but like not a ton. Yeah, and it was dope to see how well he responded because also when those young guys, sixteen and seventeen, are going to take the pitch, like that's pressure for an old man like twenty three. You know, you're about yeah. to not be a young boy anymore, and you got to like. You, you've got to be leery about the fact that some kid's about to take your potentially take your spot. It took our germs. Yeah. All right, moving on. It was a Cascadia Cup matchup, and that means we have now gone one win, zero losses, and one draw against Vancouver. Um, the first being on the road for a zero-zero draw, and then here, zero-zero draw? I don't know. All I remember is yeah, the turf Yeah, yeah, zero, zero, zero in Canada with the turf pony. And then a uh, big win and you know, stoppage time at home. And so what does that do to the Seattle Sounders in the Cascadia Cup? So Sounders are now um, first place in the Cascadia Cup with uh, Vancouver behind them and Fartland in third. Uh, Seattle has four points. Vancouver has four points. Um, but by nature of having played more games, Vancouver has a loss. Uh, against Seattle, so that being the first tiebreaker, Seattle is in in first currently. Um, the next Cascadia matchup is uh, Sounders versus Fartland on July fourteenth at CenturyLink. Oh, great! That'll be. I wonder if they go full bowl for that one as well. Or is it? Wait, maybe it's July twenty first. I think it's July twenty first. Whatever. Bad. People have Google; they can figure it out. No, later this month. <laughs> The most exciting part of the match for me, definitely, though, is a stoppage time goal that took Kelvin Leardom even further up the Golden Clog standings. <laughs> I the, So Kelvin Leardom scores in like the, so there's eight minutes of extra time, which I did not see. Uh, so I, I the whole time that I, I see that it's 90, 90th minute um, and they're playing and they're playing and, and there's a stoppage and the ball's cleared out or something like that. I'm like, oh, that's going to be the final whistle. But then they kept playing and I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and then all the way, basically, it was like the referee was basically waiting to call the game until Kelvin Leardham got a goal. And I, part of me thinks it's because the referee felt guilty about taking away a uh, goal from a child. Um, <laughs> and so in the like 97th minute or 96 or 97th minute, Kelvin Leardham uh turns and, and scores like a really kind of fluky goal uh and 
It was just the best. That 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 stadium went insane. Considering that a guy whose literal job is forward in the in MLS <laughs> is being beaten by a right back in the Golden Clog standings, incredible. Shout out yeah. to I didn't see this yet, but you told me. Shout outs to everyone who tweeted at us at full ninety extra time about the Golden Clog when they saw that happen. It's an important thing. Yeah, it's uh that was uh, first of all, amazing, uh, and a uh, you know Danny Hoyson or Hoosen, uh has I think three goals in the league right now and has and has a thigh injury, so probably won't be getting anything anytime soon. Oh uh, well, that takes away my vitriol for him. That's too bad. Um, my favorite part about the Kelvin Leardum goal, besides the fact that it was the match winner and uh, you know gave Seattle three points, was the fact that Jovan Jones, who had been subbed out earlier in the game. Um, sprinted onto the field as if the Sounders had just won in penalty kicks uh, like cup final in his training top and runs all the way over to his teammates celebrating in midfield and then you like the celebration video of Brian Schmetzer shows him like first fist pumping and turning to the the Vancouver bench and being like look at us we're awesome and then turning back and one of the assistant coaches goes look at Joven and Brian immediately go like gets super disappointed yeah and, son of a <laughs> these are the mistakes you can't make <laughs> and then you, and then you see joven like he, he realizes that he's done something that's going to get him fined for sure by mls and then like pushes the celebration pile from the middle of the field to the sideline so he can possibly <laughs> slip out without being noticed the, you know the only guy without a number on his back hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so Kelvin Leardham goes into first place, but there has been a revelation in the golden in the golden clog race. Oh no! And that is the SC Cincinnati uh, has just signed a Dutch boy, uh, Michael Vanderveff, uh, who's a center back. So, but as we know, Dutch defenders like to score. Um, <laughs> however, he's playing for FC Cincinnati, which has 11 points this season and is the worst team in the league. So, the chances of him getting some goals seems pretty slim at the moment. And gave up seven on the weekend against Minnesota. <laughs> against Minnesota. Let me say that again. I know Ozzy plays there, but my God. So, it's bad. You know, they give out the Budweiser man of the match every week. And I just, you know, don't agree that they didn't give the guy that had like the most dope game the man of the match award so for the second time ever it's time to dust off the big award it's the virgin bud light limerita man of the match your virgin bud light limerita man of the match is the one and only danny leva nice he's uh had a debut goal and a debut bout with pro (laughs) i think that's (laughs) and survived somehow that guy was such a boss he totally deserves the virgin bud light limerita man of the match if they don't make that already they need to can it immediately when we come back a look at a big road trip to see a team that shares a stadium with the america's least favorite baseball team next Okay, so finally, Brandon, we're getting back some players to the Sounders squad, hoping to boost things here a little bit. Some international competition has expired, and the likes of our biggest boy, not a young boy, but our biggest boy, Roman Torres, uh, Ariaga, Lugdero, all out of their respective tournaments and headed back home. Are we going to see them, do you think, travel to New York, or is that going to be uh, waiting for the second match this week, the, this coming weekend in Columbus? I think... Um the likelihood i think that you might see javier ariaga uh play against new york city because he's been back for like a week or or so but had a some sort of family emergency that didn't allow him to uh 
to to play against Vancouver. So I think I think the likelihood of of him and Kim centering the uh, the Sounders defense against New York is is pretty good. Two guys, um, no English, <laughs> also no common <laughs> language. <laughs> They they know like some sort of like uh, defender sign language. I hope. Um, I assume both of them are also taking English lessons. The other, the other thing is, is if Roman is back in time, you could actually sit. You could sit Kim Ki Hee and play Roman and mm-hmm. Ariaga together because at least then they both speak Spanish and you develop a little bit of, or maybe go three backs. Maybe do the 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 wingers little, and go five back um, defense. I don't yeah. know anything about. NYCFC, so I don't know what style they're going to be attacking with, but that could be a possibility, I suppose, too. So we still have players out, so people who will not also, be available. Hold on. Also, unless they bring Dylan with them, we are short of forward, so there's always the <laughs> Roman Torres effect. <laughs> Roman Torres effect is. We, we you can't plan for the Roman Torres effect. It's my new Roman favorite, Torres it's my new turns into band. Hulk Torres whenever he decides to, and and decides to carry the team on his back and plays forward. But it has to be on Roman Torres this time. <laughs> All right, good. Um, now my big question for you is Brad Bradsmith. Like, what the hell, man? His contract. Everyone said, including us, that his contract expired on the thirtieth. Yet we have no answers. Yeah, well, everywhere that I saw and and looked up, just to confirm before we put any like funny joke tweets out, which we did, go follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Um, everything I saw said that his loan was expiring uh, June thirtieth, and uh, you know, no news from the club, no no news from Bournemouth, who's the team that loaned him to us, no news from uh, any of the media outlets who I would have expected to to have some news, and then it comes out today, uh, two days later that his loan doesn't expire until the end of July. So Brad Brad Smith is a sounder at least until the end of this month. Um, means he's got a few more games in the Rave Green. Uh, potentially, that could be the end. It, at the end of this month, once his loan expires, if the sounders don't want to pay the $6 million to uh, transfer him permanently to a position where we have three of him. <laughs> or three wait, 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 backs. wait. For real $6 million? Yeah, it's like a $6 million transfer fee. Oh, bye-bye. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. that's why, and that's this whole this whole idea that the Sounders could, you know, do some accounting work, and you know, Javier Arriaga is a DP. However, he's like a low enough threshold that they could make him a TAM player. But are they going to spend that kind of money on uh, Brad Smith, who's a left back, who's playing in a position with uh, where Nuhu has shown really well, where Jovan Jones obviously has a ton of experience, um, and and is making good money? I don't think that. Who knows? The Sounders might might value him he did get the assist on the kelvin leardham goal uh against the white caps which is great because our left back assisted our right yeah back but he had a garbage goal. game though man he made so right. many mistakes he had a couple of good crosses but like he for as many good moves he had he had some bad ones too exactly and i and that's i think kind of what that's you said why... before this like you kind of, going into this match that's kind of what you said and maybe and maybe the Sounders end up you know using some of these performances to bargain uh, Brad Smith's deal down, um, but I don't think that you get from six million to something manageable with a team like Bournemouth, who can either loan him out to another championship or to a to a championship side or um, get rid of him somehow, sell him to a different team who is willing to pay that price. Uh, so I yeah. think that you know get as much of Brad Brad Smith as you can. Because uh, we don't know we don't know how long Brad Brad Smith can be smithing Brad's uh, while still wearing rave green. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, I, for your brother's jersey's sake, I hope that um, 
I hope that he stays. <laughs> He's going to build a shrine to it. I wonder if there's another year loan that happens. I bet you there isn't. I bet you come July 7th when the window opens, that could be the end of Brad Brad Smith in Seattle, or at least in Rave Green. He might just hang out here and busk at Pike Market or something. I don't know what his plan is. So, yeah. Okay, so players coming back, and then if Seattle Sounders win, the team will catapult into second in the West over... L.A. Galaxy and Zlatan will not like that. That's fine. Tell me about uh, NYCFC here a little bit. Well, I think it's it's important to know that, um, yes, we have players coming back, but we are still in a pretty dire situation at forward. The only players that you have at this point I are still... this problem. The Roman Torres effect, my favorite 80s <laughs> band. <laughs> Just synth goth. <laughs> in Espanol. So it's in, like a... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's the... Uh, da, 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 yeah, yeah, da. I just don't have rhythm, so I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, Dude, I saw so, a guy with a Panama um, with a Panama jersey on getting on the plane the other day coming home. <laughs> I didn't know Alaska Airlines gave priority boarding to people wearing Panama jerseys. They, they made them board last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but sorry. he was very happy about it. <laughs> we got to keep moving. So uh, yeah. NYCFC. So, yeah, so NYCFC Sounders uh, all time against New York City have won twice and they've lost twice. The last time that they played um, was July 29th of last year. So last summer they beat New York City three to one in Seattle. But the last time the Sounders played, they lost two to one in New York. And this season, New York City so far is unbeaten at home. Uh, they just beat four, uh, Philadelphia four to two. Uh, and Philadelphia Union are the top team in the East right now, uh, which feels like I have dirt in my mouth just saying that. That just feels wrong uh, <laughs> to say because Philadelphia has never been that good. Good for them. Um, and they're Yeah, good bread. for them. Jim Curtin or whoever their coach is. Uh, so, so the last match that they played in New York, it was essentially um, – I mean – New York is already well known for having a tiny, tiny pitch that is in the outfield of Yankee Stadium. Um, they do a worse job than like Tacoma Defiance. At least, the, honestly, uh, Cheney gives up like awesome, makes the facility awesome for them. The Yankees are not willing to share nicely. Like this is what we're learning in preschool right now with my kid. The Yankees <laughs> have not learned that yet. To Harrison, fair, you need to share your grass outfield pitch better, and some of the infield, so we can make a normal-sized pitch, not a trapezoid. Uh, so it that, has I four say, sides. It has four sides. Okay. <laughs> that that last game was weird. It was, I mean, in New York, the last game in New York was weird. It like the entire pitch was waterlogged. It was pouring down rain. Christian Roldan got the goal. Uh, I don't think VAR was a thing in MLS at that point. And the the one of the goals that New York City scored to beat the Sounders was like a very dubious penalty called on O'Neill Fisher, who's a guy that doesn't even play here anymore. Um, so I think that. The uh, the jury is out on how this game is going to go. It's a team that you only face once a season, so you don't have a lot of data to go back on and say this is how we're going to line up against New York, you know. Um, but New York City is a strong side. Uh, they just beat the top team in the East. They're getting goals from everywhere. They have three players who all have five plus goals. Uh, their new signing, their newest signing, is uh, Heber Dos Santos, who has six goals. Um, Haven't we hit a cap on Dos Santos in this league already? Good God. <laughs> that would at least, per my math, that is at least Say Santos at this point. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the motivation for, uh, what's the motivation for NYCFC? So for, for New York City, uh, two of their best players, uh, 
are, are these two Argentinian guys, Maxi Morales and Valentin uh, Castellanos. And both of those guys combined for all four of New York City's goals against Philadelphia. Um, so their motivation is to get those guys working early. Um, you know, both of those guys were named to the team of the week. Maxi Morales was the MLS player of the week last week. Um, and, you know, the Sounders, where Vancouver comes to Seattle and didn't take advantage of the fact that the Sounders are kind of like, you know, scrapbooking this team together. Um, I think that New York City might try to be a little bit more ruthless, or at least they should be motivated to do so. Okay, well then how about Seattle? I mean, this is a really tough one because the squad is in such weird, such a weird place with all the injuries and people missing. The people that are coming back, like some of them aren't going to be ready. They're going to need a, a rest or they've just played through a tournament, which is like exhausting on a, on a professional athlete. So this could be really tricky. What, think- what's the motivation for Seattle? I think for Seattle, um, because of what you're talking about, the uh, all of these different players coming together to try to play, um, chemistry is going to be a big question. And when you're playing on a tiny pitch like uh, you play with in, in New York City, um, like you have to be on fire communicating because the pitch is small. The players are getting to you faster. You don't have as much room to work. Um, so when you have a bunch of these players who haven't spent a lot of time together training and, and playing these small ball uh um, you know, uh, exercises. They their motivation is just to be communicate well, move the ball quick, and and try to build that chemistry quick. So, you just you mentioned the two Argentinians that play for NYCFC, Maxi Morales and Valentin Castellanos. If you have to pick one, who's the big villain for NYCFC this weekend? I'd say the villain is Maxi Morales. That guy is. Um, just he's he converted two penalty kicks he assisted both of the the goals uh for for Castellanos um he's crazy good he's consistently great in MLS and has been for the last i don't know however long he's played here um but he's he's a great player in and uh if he's not hurting you by putting the ball in the back of the net he's assisting the guy who is okay so then who's going to have to step up and be the hero for Seattle I think, and this might be a weird one, but I think that the hero for Seattle is going to be a guy like Henry Wingo. <laughs> or you'll end up with a guy like Danny Leva or Alfonso Campo Chavez, like one of these guys who is a, a periphery a periphery player. Um, but the way that Henry, Wing, Henry Wingo played against Vancouver has me excited about what he can do. He likes to take players on. Uh, when you're on a small pitch like that, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. So I'm excited. I'm hoping that he can be the hero and just like put a New York defender on his butt and, and slot it in. So I think that you have to go with the experience of someone like Gustav Svensson who's going to have to mm-hmm. stop step up and like man mark a guy like Maxi Morales. You're going to have to stick somebody to these two dudes that are such a threat, especially playing small ball. Maybe it's a little bit easier to be able to track a guy since you don't have to cover as much of a field. I think if you can plug up the middle and keep these guys from creating opportunities, you might have a better uh, chance at making this happen. It's a weeknight yeah, a match, call. Brandon, and Seattle Sounders on the road, New York City FC. We're recording this the night before, so tonight, we'll say, 4 p.m. kickoff since it's in Yankee Stadium. Sounders looking to take a win and go to second in the West. Right now, New York City FC is sixth in the East. Need to beat them would be awesome. Where are you watching the match? Um, I think I might check out the Nickerson Street Pub or Nickerson Street Saloon or whatever it's called. I can never remember the exact name, but it's down there on Fremont right next to the Fremont Bridge. So if anybody wants to come watch at 4 o'clock, let me know. Yeah. And if anyone wants to come to my house and watch with me in Space Baby, get the hell out of my life. (laughs) It's my time to have my kid annoy me during soccer. (laughs) 
All right, cards. Just, just in case you're, I know, like, first it's, today it was soccer, soccer. I'm like, okay, we can watch soccer. That's fine. It's rocket show. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we can watch the rocket show. It's an episode of Nova about rockets. I like it. And then it's cars, 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 cars. And I'm like, no, dude, you can't have three shows. You need to find the thing that, like, draws the thread between those three things. Okay. Uh, it, well, you know what it is? The giant glowing entertainment screen. <laughs> that is the thing. And his brain being able to remember those things. But he loves Rocket Show, dude. It's crazy. Anyway, TLDL, um, in just case you're coming to right now, becoming conscious through the 40 minutes of talking that we've just done, Too Long Didn't Listen. Uh, too Long Didn't Listen. How much longer can Brad Smith, Smith Brad's? <laughs> How much longer can Brad Brad Smith Smith Brad's? Oh, I messed that up. <laughs> TLDL, Brandon has been to Montana and Wyoming. Uh, how about too long didn't listen i hope everybody comes and sees our new synth punk goth latin band the romantoris effect <laughs> take a look at your crystal pepsi balls swirling around tell me what you see for predictions when seattle sounders go to new york city 4 p.m kickoff in yankee stadium what do you see happening brandon I see in this like weird afternoon game uh, while we're all just getting off of work and trying to figure out our lives and you're hanging out with your baby. I don't see the Sounders uh, keeping a shutout, but I can see them getting a goal. I think it'll get 1-1. Okay. I don't mind taking a point on the road like that. I'm going to say that Seattle... Win two to one, but the real shock is that it's now a five sided field. <laughs> Great. <laughs>